Welcome to Think About This. I'm Alexis Dean, and I am so glad you're here. For years, I've been building a community of high-performing, high-impact, wildly generous, and supportive entrepreneurs. I've made a lot of introductions between incredible people, and I always wish that I could learn from the conversations that take place after those introductions. On this show, you and I will get to be part of the conversation as I bring together two successful entrepreneurs for peer-to-peer support and discussions that normally happen behind closed doors. Listen in as we solve fascinating business challenges with lessons and ideas that apply across industries. Get ready to learn, expand, and grow. This is the Think About This podcast, brought to you by the DevTail community. This week, we're thinking about how to build psychological safety with your team, clients, and community online and offline. Have you ever been somewhere in person or online at an event, in a group or a Zoom room or anywhere else where you feel completely safe to share your thoughts, feelings, and experiences without fear of judgment? That magic is created by a deep sense of psychological safety. The shared belief held by everyone in a space that others will not embarrass, reject, or punish you for speaking up or showing up as your whole authentic self. It is not easy to find, and it definitely doesn't exist in most workplaces. But it is what I strive for at every Dovetail Summit, camp, or retreat, and in our online spaces. And today, it's what you and I are here to learn about, so that we can build companies where complete psychological safety is the norm, and where our employees and clients are loved and accepted just as they are. On today's episode, I'm talking to my friend Molly Mayhar about how she's built, in my opinion, one of the most psychologically safe client communities on the internet. It's a space that I joined just so that I could watch her and her team in action and spend some time practicing what I preach, working on the inner work that I believe is essential for every entrepreneur. Whether you're leading a team, your clients, your community, or your family, today's conversation is packed with great lessons for everyone. If you haven't met Molly yet, she's a Dovetail Summit alum, and more importantly, she's the founder of Stratajoy, an online community that has helped thousands of women reclaim joy and meaning in their world. She's an entrepreneur, a mom, an adventurer obsessed with taboo topics, designing personal experiments, and the power of sisterhood. Molly teaches everything she knows about claiming ownership of your life and your truth in her 10-month online program, Reclamation, which I joined this year. Molly's superpowers are telling the truth kindly, gathering awesome women together, and yes, reclaiming joy. In the spirit of reclaiming joy, you might hear some different background noise today. I'm recording this from my porch up north, and a float plane just flew overhead. There are crickets in the background, the dog is running around in the bushes looking for squirrels, and there's a lovely breeze blowing through the trees and across the lake. While you're listening, I encourage you to get outside if you can. Or take a deep breath and imagine the smell of the trees, the freshwater lake, and the best parts of Canadian cottage country. By the end of today's conversation, you'll know how to create a space where it's safe for everyone to show up fully, some practices for maintaining consistency and building trust, how to set and maintain the boundaries that you need, and more. Let's dive in. All right, so I just hit record, but right before I hit record, I was sitting here with our guest today, who is Molly Mayhar, and I asked Molly how she preps for podcast interviews, and I wanted to start us off with having you share, how do you get ready for an interview or meetings or important things? Molly, welcome, and let's just dive right in. Yeah, Alexis, thank you for having me. Okay, so right before we got on, I was dancing around 
in my office too. I'm going to give you the real name, the song No Shortcuts by Heather Maloney and Darling Side. And it just happens to be one of my like songs of the moment about taking the long road and how it's okay. So yeah, everyone go listen to that. That was good. I'm ready. I mean, that's really all I did. I was working, working. I mean, I did put a bra on and <laughs> <laughs> then I danced with my huge headset. I love and it. got on. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> like a DJ. Molly and I have known each other for the past couple of years, and I have been part of one of her programs this year. And uh, I'm just excited to be able to have this conversation with a woman who I consider a friend and also a mentor. So she's a bit of a friend tour in my life. <laughs> and, uh, and I've just learned so much about trust and building safe spaces and building genuine community, um, especially in the online world. So Molly, I'm so glad to have you here. Oh, well, I hope you also took credit that I originally was part of your community, <laughs> right? By coming to your Dovetail Summit in Tofino, which I still think about to this day. So we just like little circles run around, which I love. I know it was amazing. I mean, I miss that, that summit. I often think about how we can go back there and do another one because it was just so beautiful and having the ocean there was just so powerful and there's so much you can do when you're in person with people but also the thing that I have learned from you is just the the opportunities for what you can do when everyone is remote and I think you know for those who are listening like a lot of our entrepreneurs who are listening whether you originally were were growing an in-person business and you had to then move to having an entirely remote staff or whether you have a community whatever it is this remote world that we're living in, I think what you do and the, the trust that you build with your people is more important than ever. So yeah, well, it's not going away, right? Whether it was forced into the online version or for me, it was a real lifestyle choice so that I could do what I need to do, do in my personal life. Um, yeah, we're, it is happening behind screens now. And how can we make that still good and intimate, uh, and loving and brave and safe and all of the things. Yeah. Molly, why don't you give us the quick and dirty version of what is Stratajoy and what do you do with the woman that you work with and that you support in your community? I describe, I mean, I don't have a good elevator pitch, which is really something I need to work on, but I describe Stratajoy as a community for women who want to know themselves, which... Right. Talk about a broad topic. But if you think of every single thing I've ever offered in the last 12 years, it is about building this knowledgeable, intimate, self-loving relationship with, with you, right? The one person you're going to be with for your entire journey on this earth. Um, but I do that in community. Mm -hmm. I want both. <laughs> I, want, I want to know myself, but I also want to know that that I belong, that I'm safe, that I'm not alone, that any wild thought that I may have in my head or experience in my life um, isn't unique to me because it generally isn't. All right, there's so much shared humanity in our stories and in our struggles and our triumphs. And I want there to be spaces where we can come with all of who we are and be witnessed, um, be supported, be challenged sometimes, but, but get to come without apology and learn how to do that kind of within strategy. That's what I think of strategy as being this training ground or this place to practice some of the skills and then taking those out into our real lives, into our families, into our communities, into our businesses. Um, 
I know your, I know your, your listeners are entrepreneurs. So into those places so that it helps everyone, right? The self-knowledge and self-love can have the ripple effect in the spheres of influence that we are in. So yeah, that's (laughs) strategy. It is a beautiful space. And, um, you know, personally, I just, I think as entrepreneurs, the inner work that we do to know ourselves will only help us to know our communities and our employees and our clients and everyone else better and to do better work in the world. And that's why the inner work is one of the core pillars in the Dovetail community and, and why it was important for me to join your community and to do the work that I'm doing with you this year. And yeah. you, said, you know, it's a space for shared humanity. I thought right away to how work has really become that for people as well. Like when we have our communities in the workplace, whether you have a small team of five or 10, or you have a big team of 500 or, you know, 5,000, whatever it might be, I think work has become a place where we have to welcome and accept the whole human. There's no longer, you know, you put on your suit and your work face and you go to work and you, you know, (laughs) pull a Superman (laughs) and uh, show up on the other side of the subway train or whatever as a different human and, and kind of shut off your whole self. Now, we're working with each other in each other's living rooms or playrooms or wherever people are tuning in from at home. And there is just no separation. And I think as, as entrepreneurs and as employers and community leaders, we really have to be able to find a way to bridge that uh, gap and to welcome the whole human and create a space where it is safe for everyone to show up fully. Um, yeah, we hope, right? I mean, it's definitely happening in some corners of the world and it is 100% being rejected still in others. A hundred percent. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think for the woman in our community, it's something that they want, you know, for the most yes. people want to create safe and welcoming spaces. And, um, you know, I've learned so much just from watching you this year in your group. And, and so I, I guess my first question would be, um, for anyone listening for yourself, what do you think it is that has enabled you to build a space that feels so psychologically safe? Like you have people in your group showing up like just this morning or yesterday, I saw something that someone was like, my brother is dying and, and I am terrified and I I just need someone to witness this. And I I need to know that I'm not alone. I'd like Mm -hmm. for someone to show up like that vulnerably with a hundred and some odd strangers, like you just, there is a level in this group where people feel like they can be themselves. And for, if you had a workplace where someone could show up and say like, my brother is dying and I, I need you to know that and I need you to keep him in your prayers or, or your thoughts or whatever it is. Like, how do you get to a place? Like in your opinion, what are some of the things that you have done to create a space where people just feel so able to show up in that way? Okay. I mean, this is, this is the question, right? This is a big a uh, piece of what I do and what I care about and what I think makes uh, the experience in Stratajoy and the program you're talking about and Reclamation so valuable b- because we have that. Um, and I, I do want to say as much as I will give you like kind of what I do from behind the scenes or as the community guide, it's not possible without the women who are willing to show up like that. So I could have all the best intentions in the world and it could fail miserably. <laughs> and I don't know how to, I don't know how to count account for that piece. Right. Other than, um, I try really hard as a business owner, as, um, someone who, you know, writes on the internet to share and model the same level of vulnerability, trust, oversharing potentially that, that I would be asking for my community. 
And I know this is not everyone's style. I know that this is not comfortable or safe for everyone to do, but it is absolutely who I am and how I roll. So I think part of that is I'm pulling in those people either who naturally do that or want to do that, mm-hmm. right? Who want a place where it's okay to talk about, and we're not a business community, so we talk about, you know, sex to money, to pleasure, to relationships, to religion, to what's going on in the real world out there, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Um, but I think some of the container pieces that I've, that I've built is one we talk a lot about using I language, right? We talk a lot about, this is your place to tell stories and you are going to be a beginner in some of those stories, you know, fumbling along in your vulnerability. And in other times you're going to be the expert celebrating something that you just kicked booty at and all of it is welcome. As long as you do not make assumptions about your lived experience being applicable to everyone's, right? It is your life. So, we, and you know, we had we had some big blowups this year in our community about what are you allowed or not allowed to say or do or talk about. Mm-hmm. And I will and I will tell you straight up, half of my you know business friends disagree with how I run my community. Oh, interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this is not everyone's cup of tea. Um, But again, this is what I need. This is what I provide. This is what I think one of my secret superpowers in the world is. And is that is there's really truly nothing off limits, you know, said with an asterisk, as long as you're saying, this is my experience. This is how I feel. You know, we, now we've, we're operating with some trigger warnings. So people who maybe need to not read that post for their own psychological safety, um, can, can skip it. But I also didn't want to say that you can't talk about things here because that's the whole point. It is to bring your life. And, you know, we have themes that we're working with on a monthly basis, but I'm not going to say, Oh, you know, that was not within the theme. No, 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 no. If this is your life and it's affecting you, you can come, you can show up on our Facebook group and say it. The thing I ask besides eye language is that you need to be clear why you are showing up and what it is you need from us, us as a community. So that's probably the other piece that comes across very clearly is what do you need? Do you need witnessing, which is our word for just everybody listen to me and give me a little like yellow heart emoji or strategy, a golden thread emoji. Witnessing is just, I just need to be hurt. I don't need advice. I don't need you to move to solve it or fix it or make it go away. I don't even really need you to say, oh my God, that sounds so hard. I just need to be heard. So you ask for that. If you need advice, you ask, I need advice. I need stories of when this happened to you. I need funny memes to take my mind off of this hard thing. I need a pep talk. I need, you know, fill in the blank. There's lots of things you could need. Mm-hmm. But when you go in, you need to state that pretty clearly. And this is probably, I mean, I don't do a lot of uh, moderation per se, but it's probably the, probably the one thing that I do delete if people are ignoring the ask. If I say I need witnessing and somebody fills in a big story of advice, no, no, that wasn't asked for. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, that's, you know, that's one of the guides that I protect pretty fiercely because I trust you to know what you need. And as long as you've clearly stated it, we need to respect that. And I think that helps with the, you know, you know, I don't call it safe since I don't moderate comments. I'm not in there on the weekends. I can't guarantee safety, but that's what I think helps create that brave and loving space. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
own your, own your story, ask for what you need and then be respectful of those asks. Yeah. I think this is all really transferable to the workplace. I mean, although your business friends might not all agree with exactly how you run it, I think it's setting the container that you have done so, so well. And I think, you know, my question for this and for those who are listening, like, okay, so I have my team and and we have our Slack group for the team or we have our whatever, and, and we set these guidelines, but then people seem to ignore them or they're not following suit. How do you actually get people to follow the guidelines? Is it that you are more rigorous at the beginning when you open this space? Or is it that on monthly calls, you're reiterating? Or how do you I mean, it's one thing to like post something in your group or put something in your Slack channel or tell your team at a meeting. But how do you get them to buy in so hard? Because I look at the members of your community, and they seem so bought in like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, following the guidelines. Yes. Were you out there? Did you have team members like texting people personally? Like, okay, can you do a post? And like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I think this is one of the places where having an ongoing community, you know, I've been doing this work for count them 12 years. Yeah. Um, and that, and people come back and redo it and take part. You know, we do the, we do holiday council every December and we have for, I think that one's been going for 11 years and people will come back every year. So partly there is a consistency, like this is always how I've operated, even if I didn't have kind of the terms and the learning behind it. I I have definitely learned more about guiding um, safe spaces and circles, you know, over over the course of my work, because that's where my interest lies for the most part. Um, But it was also kind of naturally what I was doing from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I think there is just a modeling that happens from people who have been there that helps kind of indoctrinate our new people. Oh, this is how we do it. Oh, we share, you know, headspace and heart space every Monday. Okay. All right. This, this, this is what we do. I, you know, and I think consistency both over the long term and then just in the, the, you know, the weekly, we have the Monday prompt, we have the Thursday prompt and yeah, is that kind of boring? Maybe. Is it consistent? Yes. So I, I think that's a piece that people ignore sometimes in the, and sometimes I want to ignore it, you know, Enneagram seven, I need novelty, I need newness, but consistency helps build the practice for people. Like, oh, this is what we're doing. I can count on the fact that we're going to do this every Monday. I can count on the fact that we're going to be dancing in the circles. I can count on the fact that the content will roll out on the first Monday of the month kind of piece. And I actually really think that helps build safety when you know, we can avoid our shiny new, let's rebuild the wheel every time and say, this is, this is how it goes. I think that helps with the get on board. Yeah. Oh, this is how we do it here. <laughs> and that again, just so applicable, whether it's community, whether it's company, whatever it might be, you know, I know a lot of companies will try to implement say like, um, the EOS, like a, the traction system or whatever. And they get on it and they're like, yeah, three, three weeks of doing this. And like, oh man, this is really hard. We're going to just cut one of those meetings. Then we're going to cut another meeting. And now the employees are like, when, when do we do a check-in? Like, how do we share any information with you? And people are like, okay, we're going to try a new system. Let's get the Rockefeller habits. And like, you know, it's just that, that constant, uh, moving goalposts for people that I think as you've experienced here, it sounds like, um, yeah messes with that that safety so I love that and um gosh there's just so many I'm my head is like swimming with uh with specific <laughs> because I've witnessed what you do like and part of yeah 
part of why I joined Reclamation this year was as an observer, as a community leader. Of course. Like, I want to see exactly how Molly does this because you do it so, so well. So when people have, you know, this year, for example, when things have gone a little sideways and people have found themselves in dispute, um, I think especially around the pandemic, um, how, how do you create a space where, um, as a lot of employers are dealing with, where people of varying uh, opinions about massive issues um, feel welcome and safe to express themselves or where you don't have them expressing themselves. I mean, I don't know if you heard about what happened with Basecamp this year. Um, they basically said there was to be no political discourse in the first place and they had a mess. Yeah. Because they did the opposite of creating safety. They created a space where people were like, well, I'm not welcome here. My people are not supported here. My people are not welcome here. We're out. Like this is done. So yeah, exactly. Like just for if you're listening, you know, there was a, a touch of that happening this year in REC as probably in every workspace, every community. What do you do? Like for anyone going through it with their team or who's worried about it with their team if they Yeah. Well, I, I let me give the heads up where I think what I do is different than a workplace because right. I'm in a paid community. You are choosing to be here by giving you my money, giving me your money and showing up. So I think I have a lot more control over, over who shows up where you wouldn't in a workspace, except in that perfect example of base camp and yeah, terrible <laughs> from my opinion, but I don't begrudge them the fact that they did it because I think what they did very clearly was say, this is who we are. This is how we're going to roll. And that gave everyone at Basecamp the opportunity, whether you were a consumer at Basecamp or, or an employee to say, I'm with you. I agree. Or yeah, no, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. So I, I don't really, I mean, I care that they did it in the scheme of what kind of world I want to live in, but I like that they were being so explicit. So you could say I'm on board or I'm not on board. And it's kind of one of those things I think we have to take ownership of as business leaders or entrepreneurs in being pretty clear and explicit on how we feel and what it is and is not acceptable. I mean, I know I say this in the community guidelines all over the place, like this is my space. It's your space as well, because you're part of the community, but I am the fierce mama bear who has to protect what it stands for. Mm-hmm. And so be in or be out, but know that like, there's, there's a way to be here. Um, and I mean, we could go into the list of, of how that has not worked in places, but in general, I do not hold anything back about my political opinions or my opinions on what you are, like where we are allowed to have discourse and where we are not allowed to have discourse. Like this is okay. That's not okay. And again, I think that is not legal <laughs> in some places, but for what I do, I, I can do it. Right. right. So you kind of know what you're getting into. I think that could apply culturally too. Like it might, you might have to toe the line with legality. Yes. You- <laughs> but I think it's very clear when you look at strong company culture, I think that's when you end up with a team where there is psychological safety, because right from the get-go, anyone applying to come and work with you, anyone interviewing to come and work with you understands who you are, what you stand for, what the culture is like, what your values are, how people communicate. There are no surprises yeah. on the other side of the office walls, you know, when they come into the yeah. room, they know what they're diving into. And if that's not a culture fit for them, then, then yeah. they belong there. As yeah. long as you're towing that line of, of legality and um, 
and you know hopefully well, i guess the, the law is hopefully in, in most countries where our listeners are able to cover <laughs> or uh, any other but uh yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean when it comes to it like i guess again it's different if, whether you're looking at building community or, or building a team but did you did you have to kick anyone out would you have had to fire anyone say if this was a um uh in the in the course of strategy yes i have kicked people out of groups um i have also had people opt themselves out of groups mm-hmm. after a conversation um i've had people decide the group aspect was not useful to them learning so i definitely have people who take like say reclamation and aren't in the facebook group mm-hmm. and they're making a really clear which for some people like that is the lifeblood of the program mm-hmm. but for others they're like no i want the content i want access to you on the live calls but i'm actually not interested in building community or hearing about other people's experience that's not why i'm here mm-hmm. so i try to make sure again and this is kind of just the the beginning piece the introduction the halfway through the year Hey, if you know, if you are, if if this group is not supporting you in any way, like why are you here? Go take yourself off. Like like close that loop. I hate open loops. I hate when people are like, well, fear of missing out. I'm like, you know yourself. If this is not supporting your work, then get your booty out of there and just do the work. So I've made that like invitation to people before, more for for their sake than the group's sake. But yes, I've that we've had some people go off the rails that have been invited out. <laughs> um, and, um, and yeah, go ahead. You sorry. said the word conflict before. And I, that's what I want to talk about because this is not, this is a piece of learning for me. And again, it really, I feel like backs up into that idea of you needing to know your, your values as a company, as a community, what is more important to you. And like, when I had to go through a, a bunch of like relooking at guidelines this year, and this is kind of where the, the feedback from my colleagues was coming from, I had to say the most important thing to me was that you could bring anything, that you could share anything, because I think that's how we learn. I think to have a space where you weren't going to feel policed maybe, or like you were going to say the wrong thing on the level of wokeness, or I mean, you know, I'm as inclusive space as I can be. But I also think that we don't learn if we're afraid to say stupid stuff. I think if you're constantly like thinking about, oh my God, how is this going to go down? And what if, what if they think this? And what if that, like, then you're not going to write it and you're not going to have that chance to ask for help or to be taught something or to, um, to be witnessed. And so when I like was ranking everything, I said, can we sit with conflict? Because yes, there are a couple of things that you need to agree with to be in my space to run with Stratajoy, but there's other things like the vaccination being one right now that I am not going to claim my way is the right way. It's the right way for me. It's what I think everyone should do, but I, I can't, if I, if what I teach is I need you to tell the truth to yourself, I need you to claim your truth. I need there not to be a right way. There's your way. Then I have to allow there to be differences and differences mean there will be conflict. That is not necessarily comfortable for anyone, nor is it comfortable for me all the time. But again, when I got back to my values, it was, that is what I'm teaching. And so I need to be able to back that up in ways that are, you know, safe and loving and brave for everyone. And part of that is I I pulled this up specifically so I could read it. This is one of those mantras I have to tell myself all the time. Okay. Kindness, respect, and honesty. Like, I just call it all love that people like, I don't understand what you mean when you say love. I can't love strangers. I I disagree with that. I think you can absolutely 100% love strangers. Mm -hmm. Like love is a verb, but for people who don't get that, I wrote it out really clearly. 
It's kindness, respect, and honesty. And kindness is not sugarcoating things, nor is it faking care. It is showing up, keywords here, in curiosity and compassion instead of judgment and assumption. Respect is seeing the best in each other and holding space for each person's journey and their clumsy and tender and vulnerable explorations. And then honesty, and here's the one that I repeat to myself a lot, is asking for what you need, offering what you can, owning what is yours and releasing what is not. And that's the piece I think I've gotten really good at over the years in these online spaces is reminding people about that little four, four piece Like, here's what you need to know to come into my space and for it to be really effective for you, especially conflict-wise, owning what is yours, Mm -hmm. right? Why are you being triggered? Why is this thing that this other person wrote landing so, you know, hard for you or so upsetting for you? Own what is yours and then release what is not. And that's a practice for people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Woo! <laughs> in any community, in a workplace community, in a non-workplace community, whatever it might be, I feel like I'm, you know, we're going to link the transcription from this because I feel like people need to go and like put that note on their office wall and perhaps bring it into your team meetings, bring it into your community meetings. If you're a community leader, bring it into your team meetings. If you're uh, an entrepreneur employer, I think even just for yourself, even just in your interactions, if you're a, a smaller team or uh, a consultant with part-timers or whatever it might be. I think that, yeah, that goes yeah. Such a long way. And to kind of circle back to where you were saying like differences mean there will be conflict. I think all of us who employ people know that we don't want clones of ourselves. And so we are hiring people with differences and we're hiring leadership team members with differences from us. And sometimes that means people will butt heads or they will have conflict. And I think that, you know, owning what is yours and releasing what is not and, and releasing the rest, I think is, is such a, a core component of being able to embrace a, a genuinely diverse workplace with diversity of background and experience and, um, and all of the other forms of diversity that we are all yeah. striving for right now. So I think, uh, yeah, thank you. You just gave mm-hmm. us a whole culture. <laughs> well, this is all in your Reclamation Community Guidelines 2021, Alexis. <laughs> Um, one of the things that, that, that brought to me just in hearing you reflect it back is a piece that I learned from Trudy Lebrun and, and again, it's like one of those like mental post-it notes that it's okay to be uncomfortable, Mm. right? It's okay to be in discomfort. Like that is a growth edge and just because, you know, quote, someone has made you feel, or this has brought this up for you doesn't mean that that's, that's wrong or bad. It's, it's okay to be in that space of, whoa, totally triggered here. It's when we like automatically jump to soothe or make the other person wrong, or you make it go away that we're ignoring all the lessons that that can hold. And I think the like own what is yours and release what is not is asking people to pause. Like, you know, don't be so, reactive here. I mean, especially in the conflict space, can you, can you slow your roll, go to your journal, talk it out with your person before you automatically jump on somebody, you know, jump down their throat. Like, can you, can you own that discomfort for a while and stay there and see what the lesson is within it for you? Um, 
And that is something I've had to teach myself as an entrepreneur, <laughs> like beyond leading a space, like me personally, oh, can I just sit in the discomfort for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, like this is, it's so transferable to everyone. Um, if you're listening, I hope that don't worry about taking notes if you're out walking or driving or whatever it might be, but I'm sure this is hitting home for a lot of people. You know, discomfort is a growth edge and it is a positive place to be if you can sit with it and learn from it and grow from it and be in it. And I think for us to be able to share that with our community members and to grow and learn with them and and for us as again as employers to share that and grow with our employees, it it just helps us to build. And you can let it suck. I mean, it sucks. Like, ugh, ugh. and that's okay. (laughs) I guess here, you're right. Another reclamation lesson. Like it is okay to feel all the feelings. But you can also build on the pauses between feeling your feelings, giving them full range to occupy your body and your headspace and then move them on out. Like there's, right, self-judgment, I feel like is one of the worst things we do to ourselves, having those meta-feelings about our feelings. Well, I feel this and then I feel this about the way that I feel about this. And there goes the mind spiral. Yeah, which impacts everything else in our life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Feel the discomfort, feel the suck, just let it be. And, you know, then use your tools to work through it or move through it or, or let it go. And I guess to say, let it go is not a light task when I'm asking people about, but it's something, at least in my space that I try to teach, like, what does it mean to sit in that and then let it pass through you? That's probably a topic for a whole other podcast. Um, you know, thinking about the work that you do and in so many ways, um, and how you share these lessons, like what you've just shared, you have shared this in a, a way that I wouldn't have necessarily done it. And when I first started in rec, I was like, you spend, you do spend a lot of time teaching. And yet I think a lot of people who are like me with a facilitation background or other leaders who, you know, are in discussion with people perhaps more or like the way that everyone's just been, you know, on breakout room fire this year with Zoom is so much about like, well, we all have to interact the whole time that we're in conversation or when we have a team meeting, it has to be highly interactive or people are just going to drift off and, you know, go play their computer games while we're trying to have this meeting. And so you do such a, a great job of, I don't want to say teaching from a stage, but of, of teaching and sharing and sharing a lesson with people in your calls, in anything really that I've done and anything that I've ever uh, done with you, whether it's a holiday council or reclamation. And so how do you get people to really absorb these lessons and take them on themselves? I know there, there is a little bit of kind of self-work component, but um, with everything you've shared, I, I know that we, I don't think I've ever done a breakout or I've done like a post session breakout room, but it's never like, okay, we're going to go into breakout room and discuss this with everyone. It's like, I'm at home by myself, but I am really listening. So what are you doing to get people to like, really get it the way that you do? Can you think of, of hmm. anything that you're doing that you think or anything that you will see? Maybe the question is, am I doing anything on purpose yes. <laughs> to make you? Because, you know, again, like, a lot of the time we need to impart information to our clients or our teams and we don't want to just give a lecture or like talk at them, but there is a certain amount of information that we need to share or teach yeah. content that needs to be passed forward. And 
people are so afraid of just talking at people because they're not listening. So you do something, and I don't even know if you're aware of it, but you are doing something in the way that you are teaching that is engaging people beyond just like dropping a message in the chat if you heard this. Like, and I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Have I ever said that? I hope not. I mean, no, but, I mean <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Let me think. Yes, if you got this, then like you could have done that. But like you do so much, you do something different. So is there anything that you're conscious of that? Yes. um, Yeah, that you're doing that helps people to connect with the content. Okay, okay. Let me let me drop this. I have two things I want to say about this. Um, one is well, really, this whole podcast. And please, please, dear listeners, take this into consideration. I this is I have no formal training in any of this. Like this is not. I don't. I don't have a background that I can point to and say, here's the psychological reasons, which I think in some ways is really freeing because I'm an entrepreneur and this is 100% why I chose to be an entrepreneur. I do have that very entrepreneur angle of, I can do whatever the F I want and you can be here or not. I think that's just how I live my life, right? So I think some of the things that maybe you notice on your side are really just natural to who I am. And, and what I care about and what I think is important in kind of the big scheme of the world. Like the person I'm trying to be as far as how I'm contributing to the world that we're creating. So have I ever thought about engagement in the way that you're describing it? No, not necessarily. But I do think just hearing you talk about it like that, um, there's two things about that I think might be coming across clearly. One is again on the consistency and here's what this is for and here's how this is going to go. I am someone who can consume a lot of content. Now we all know I hate audio content, which is why I don't have a podcast. I love being on podcasts though, because I like to talk, Um, (laughs) but I can consume a lot. So I just make that assumption about everyone, which is obviously not true. And I'm learning a lot about learning styles just from the people in my group. Um, So many of you are so wise, but I, I I think I did at the beginning, especially when I was designing this particular curriculum, which has come out of several other versions of this curriculum is the teaching call is for you to use your journal and to write your responses and to like, you know, stir things up at the beginning. The circles are for group interaction and breakout rooms and using all the different senses, at least to the ability that I can via computer, like we're going to be, you know, dancing and sweating and sitting and meditating and listening to music and, and doing creative prompts that go really fast and drop, drop you out of, you know, conscious writing. Um, and so that's what that is for Facebook lives, which is one of the things I think you're talking about is that's where Molly gets to stand on her soapbox and tell you whatever it is I've been thinking about underneath this theme and read you stories out of books and, um, and yeah, sometimes those go really long and I don't care if people listen to them or not. So I think I also make the assumption that you're doing what you need to do to take care of you and how you best learn. And so for some people, they love to hear the content filtered through what I'm taking with me personally, like me, Molly, or me as the guide of the teacher. And that's what those, that piece of content is for. Like Facebook live is Molly talking about whatever but me talking. So I think you can show up to what you know that, you know, what you know works for you. Um, And I think one of the things that makes this Facebook lives really engaging, again, just kind of capitalizing on a superpower that I have is that my people memory is incredible. So I'm definitely one of those people that's that work that says, or that says to myself, capitalize on my strengths and don't worry so much about my weaknesses. Like I, 
I know, I know where I'm weak. Yeah. There's, there's many places where, where I could use some shoring up, but there's only so much time in one's life. So I let myself try to get extra good at the things I'm already good at. Mm -hmm. And one of those is really being able to easily call up the name of your boyfriend, to easily remember what you posted about in October, to easily consume content and what people are posting in Facebook and then regurgitate that back to them when I need to, to say, hey, Jessica, let us know how your job search is going because I haven't heard from you in two weeks and I'm worried about you. Yeah. Right? You never know when I'm going to throw that kind of stuff in. So yeah. that is just natural. And, but I've also, I also understand that me, like me, Molly, truly caring about you, Alexis, in the container of 200 women feels special, feels engaging, makes you want to keep showing up. Now that's just who I am, but it also has benefits in the work that I do. When I fly to camp, I spend the flights, well, one, deciding on the music mixes because they matter so much to me. <laughs> Two, I have a printed out version of every cabin with every person in their photo and their camp name. Since we don't go by our real names, we go by our camp names, making sure I've memorized their face and their camp name so that when I stand for those five hours and greet every single person who shows up to camp, I am calling you by your name, whether I've ever met you or not. They don't have a 100% accuracy rate on this, but I am very close because that is important to me. And that is, I think, one of like the core skills of incredible leaders. I, I think the best leaders I've ever worked with can do that. And, and yeah. if they're not naturals like you, then they are working at it. Um, yeah. Or they find other ways to show their care, even if it's not in great short-term memory. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what made me a great student. I have an incredible short-term memory. Um, but I think there's other ways to have that same feeling of being seen, even if it's not in that one. Like I think of the people who write really incredible um, personal notes of appreciation, right? Okay, that's not my strong suit. I'm not gonna, I, I appreciate, I love getting them. I'm not really a, someone who does that. Um, but it, like if someone was, if that was their natural talent, like going for it, letting your team or your community be seen by spending the time to write some appreciation notes every week. Yeah, right, totally different version of the same idea. Yeah. Being seen. Oh, we all just want to be seen. Exactly. I think like that is that is really at the bottom of everything. That's what makes people feel loved and safe and trusted and able to express themselves and, and all of the good things is, is being seen and being known and recognized yeah. and loved. Yeah. Yeah. I am um, of all the leaders that I've worked with, the ones that I remember the most are like you who really take the time to step up and recognize uh, the humanity of their team members, of their clients, of their employees, you know? I yeah. think there is just, there are so many things that I have learned from great leaders and, and that has to be one of the big ones. You know, when people not only send flowers when there's a funeral, but like take time to write a note or send a team member to be there for the visitation or whatever it may be, like that kind of thing is massive. Like it just goes yeah. so far, so. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge component of psychological safety that I witnessed from you and so appreciate yeah. from you. And I cannot wait to come to your camp someday. I <laughs> so when the schedules work, I know, I know. Yeah, we'll do it. And now I'm like, oh man, if you're listening to this and you're a dovetail lady and come to camp, uh, I am going to be making sure that I've got everyone's bottle. <laughs> I'm pretty good about knowing who people are just because I do a lot of internet stalking for invitations and things. But uh, yes, oh, I thought you were great at it. 
no one missing from that for camp or summit molly this has been amazing there are so many questions i could ask you um and i know that we're running down on time and so i think my last question for you is when you're thinking about speaking to entrepreneurs and leaders and community members community leaders sorry who want to build safer and more welcoming and loving workspaces. Is there anything uh, from your head or from your heart that you would want to share with them um, from, yeah. learning from your experiences? Yes. I think the, the, the quickest, easiest one is know what you stand for, right? As a workplace, as a business, as a community and communicate that, right? Be pretty explicit in your communication. Um, that will help everything else be easier when you're making decisions about how you proceed as a group and, you know, blah, 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 what is shared. And the other piece that I feel like was maybe an unsaid through this whole conversation is, and I think it's one of the things that makes Stratajoy, you know, quote unquote, safe space to show up and share anything is that you can you can have all the feelings. You can be grouchy. You can be tired. You can be sad. You can be enthusiastic. You can, right? Like, and I still think you can show up to do a great job in your community, at your job, you know, in the workplace. I, I keep thinking, Alexis, of the, um, in our group this year, Kelly, way back when, shared that one of her favorite bosses said, It's okay if you have a grouchy day. You don't need to pretend otherwise. Like, we can still get our work done and be grouchy. And for some reason that just stuck in my mind because there are definitely times where I'm like, I can't show up on my Facebook group right now. I am not in the right mindset. And of course, yes, I have many tools to help shift mindset, but also it's okay to just show up grouchy. Hey, I'm here. What do you need? I'm grouchy today. And that little permission slip, I feel like is something that could be utilized in such a better way in our spaces. I remember Nicole Antoinette once asked me on a podcast, she said, do you ever feel really uncomfortable that you share so much of your own, like my own personal Molly life and that a client would, would see that you're having a bad day or you're in, um, a dip of depression or you're questioning your life choices and that they wouldn't feel like you're bringing your everything to your client session. And I just said, no, I've never thought about that before. <laughs> and I was really like, oh my God, am I supposed to think about that? I said, I, that doesn't, to me, it does not take away my ability to do what I do at all, that I'm a human, that I have all the feelings, that I have good days and bad days and hard seasons and easy seasons. And I have to tell you, I had to think about it a lot after she asked me, but I landed on that same conclusion that we can be brilliant and we can be learning and we can make mistakes. I mean, we can have that whole version of humanity and have it not take away from our ability to show up, to do our job, to be brilliant in the moment that we are also totally, you know, in a fight with our partner. I think that's one of our really cool superpowers as human is we can hold a lot and that it is okay to embrace that whole piece. You don't need to put people in these little pigeonholes of the, here's how you are here. And here's how you need to pretend to be this way. And here's how it's better. Like fake it till you make it not my favorite phrase whatsoever. So that's a really long version of any of you entrepreneurs or community leaders. See what it feels like to like loosen up the reins on. We need to be a certain way, or we always need to be in our expert shoes, or we always need to be whatever. Just question that assumption because it's probably holding people back from bringing all of themselves into your spaces. 
I love it. Just as you are. <laughs> Just as you are. All of you is welcome here. Thank you so much, Molly. I will link your sites. And if you're looking to find Molly online, she is a beautiful writer who often posts on uh, Facebook and Instagram or occasionally, I should say, not often, <laughs> but I've seen a little bit more. I, we're back. Summer is over. I'm back to work. Yes. <laughs> on an incredible road trip all summer. Um, you can see more of her and uh, Molly, what's your, what are your handles again? Is it at? Yeah. At Stratajoy is work stuff at Molly Mayhar is personal stuff. I mean, there's obviously a giant overlap, but yeah. And uh, I am just so grateful for you. Thank you for coming on today and for sharing so much. And uh, thank you for all that you do. And I'm so glad to know you. So, oh, right back at you, sister. All right. Thank you. As you can probably tell from the conversation, I just love Molly and I loved being part of her group this year. As entrepreneurs, it is so important for us to take care of that inner work. Our personal development is reflected directly in how we show up at work and how we lead in our companies. Molly's reclamation group has helped me to remember and reclaim the woman behind the business. And it's had that impact because of the outstanding level of psychological safety that they provide. It's a level of safety that I want you and I and everyone in our worlds to feel as well. So today, I invite you to think about this. How can you build more love into your business? And as I say that, I can picture your eyes might be rolling just a little bit. But building love into your business isn't some woo-woo thing. It's how we can create genuine spaces of kindness, respect, and honesty, and real trust and safety in our companies. As Molly shared, kindness isn't sugarcoating. It's showing up with curiosity and compassion instead of judgment and assumption. Respect is seeing the best in each other and holding space for each person's journey. And honesty is asking for what you need, offering what you can, owning what is yours, and releasing what is not. How will you and your leadership team set and or uphold the container of psychological safety that you have in your business, especially as you continue to grow? It's easy to maintain psychological safety in a team of 8 or 10, but it is much harder as you scale. What consistent activity or ritual can you create within your business, in your online space, like Slack or Facebook, to build and maintain safety and trust, and show that you welcome everyone as their whole authentic selves? Lastly, how might you reclaim a little bit of joy in your work and life today, and encourage others to do the same? Thanks again to Molly for this conversation and for all the lessons. And to all of the women of the reclamation community this year, for standing shoulder to shoulder with one another through one of the rockiest times in our lives. I am so grateful for all of you. Thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait for you to meet the rest of the incredible entrepreneurs who are joining me on the podcast. I'll be releasing new episodes every Wednesday, so be sure to follow the podcast on whichever app you use so that you don't miss out on insights, inspiration, and big ideas. Do you know someone who could really use these nuggets of knowledge? Take a quick screenshot, post it on social, and tag a friend or two. Or just text it straight to them. That's really why I created this podcast. To share this expertise and peer-to-peer -peer support with you and all the other entrepreneurs that need it. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful for a quick five-star rating and review on whatever app you're listening on. It'll go a long way to helping me serve and support even more entrepreneurs. Thanks again for joining me. I can't wait to connect with you again next week.